and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 10. My name is Mark Champlin, and today I'm joined, as always, by Alex Wallace. What is up, girls and gays? How is everyone tonight or this morning? I get it's weird because I, I always want to say, like, you know, how's everyone this evening? Because that's when we record the podcast. But the podcast goes up at, like, 8 in the morning. It does go up so, at 8 in the morning. So it's it's really like a morning drive show, but we record it like it's a it's a late night cool kickback kind of talk show you know we've we've talked about this before um alex and i are definitely both avid podcast fans and we've talked about the difference between a morning commute podcast and a uh nighttime dog walk podcast and it's, it's a, ver- a very different energy oh yeah yeah oh yeah um so, so we, we, we obviously watched a bad film today, uh, as is our usual. Uh, but once again, girls and gays, there was, a, there was a shot fired at Cartridge Cinema Nation last week. There was, a, there was a crime committed on the internet that we need to address. I am referring, of course, to what I have written in the notes as the Sonic the fucking Hedgehog posters it, uh, that were... <laughs> it was a real... It was a real you know, uh, news anchor grabs uh, a new stack of paper, is shuffling it wildly on the screen and trying to find the words moment. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, and kings, queens, and in-betweens, and all of you out there, Sonic the Hedgehog is real. He has massive, muscular calves. (laughs) He's real, and I don't want him to be my friend. he is ready to fuck. I... (laughs) So... So the other night, um, he's I, horny. I, I, so, uh, first, first of all, if for some reason you have are are a blessed individual who has not seen anything from the recent two Sonic the Hedgehog movie posters that appeared on the internet this week, uh, you should pause the podcast and you should go stare at this thing until you understand what everyone is going through here it'll be so easy just type s into google and sonic the hedgehog poster is bound to come up just right below selena gomez it'll be right there so 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 i spent some time uh with mark mark and i uh we have a mutual friend her name is lucy she's lovely uh lucy is a furry um and i was hanging out with lucy on tuesday night um and we got some burgers uh and we discussed the Sonic the Hedgehog posters because I wanted her take, uh, you know, as as a person who you know is immersed in, uh, you know, anthropomorphic uh, creature culture. Um, a, does this thing appear fuckable to her in her humble opinion? Just one furry's opinion, obviously. She doesn't speak for the community. Um, and two, uh, how offended. <laughs> Are you by this thing? First of all, according to Lucy, this Sonic the Hedgehog not fuckable. Thank, zero, thank just, God. I wanted zero percent. I wanted to retain my friendship with her. She's <laughs> she's really cool. I really enjoy she's talking great. to her. Yeah. Um. Okay. And and now I know. I yeah, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted the answer honestly because I was too scared horrible. of the yes answer. Horrible. This thing and and something that I I pointed out and I think maybe you'll back me up on this. It's. It's almost more uncomfortable that it doesn't have a dick. Like you, uh, you look at this thing and it's like a naked creature, and it has like kind of human proportions and human hands, and it's not wearing clothing, and 
it it just looks like something that should just have a penis on it, and it just doesn't. I and I've had, I find that very disturbing. I hadn't noticed the lack of a penis, and now it's the <laughs> only thing that I can see. Did you? It's one of those things that I again I didn't want I didn't want to have seen this, Alex, and now I've did seen you, it. Did you read the interview with the director of the film? No. What could he possibly have to answer for in there, this? Okay, so so there there is a lot in the interview, but specifically when they they were talking about Sonic's eyes in the interview, because you know, for those of you who don't know, Sonic the Hedgehog, he's a lovable video game mascot, lovable and you know, kind of sarcastic air quotes these days, but sure, lovable. Um, and he he only got one eye, kind of like he got two eyes, mm-hmm. but they're kind of connected. And, it's a and, cartoonish double eye with two pupils. Yeah. But still, it, it it would be freakish if if represented <laughs> in reality. Um, unfortunately, this thing is already freakish. But basically, they he doesn't in the interview like he doesn't really say w- what they ended up going with with the eyes. But there's a particular poll quote where he says, "I don't think that Sega was entirely happy with the eye decision." <laughs> oh my god, I'm with, so scared. With, which is one of the most horrifying things I've ever heard in my fucking life. And and I'm so I'm so afraid to see this thing's eyes cuz again, if you haven't seen the posters, there's two, you need to go see them. But if for some reason you can't right now and you haven't seen them yet, it we have only seen Sonic's legs and sort of his like silhouette. Um yeah. and we don't see what his face looks like really. Um, Have you seen that the, is... the Photoshop uh, where they zoom in on his face and it's gritty? Yes, there's <laughs> Sonic, many. Sonic is Antifa now. It, <laughs> it, the the really terrifying thing about these two posters, besides just the depiction of Sonic the Hedgehog as this detailed nightmarish monstrosity, is that they are they are holding back. You know, like we haven't seen what this creature really looks like. We're only getting, it's like Jaws, you know, we're only seeing little bits and pieces of it. We haven't seen the full scope of this crime that they're going to commit in cinemas next year. And I, for one, am so excited for 2019, where not only are we getting Detective Pikachu, which looks absolutely fucking terrifying, <laughs> but we're also getting this Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which looks like a literal crime against God. This Sonic thing is so much... It, it's so similar to the Detective Pikachu thing in so many different ways, but... The, the style. The, the style is very... It has a very similar uh, cartoon Uncanny Valley quality to it, and like a, a furriness, not furry in the terms of furry, but like actual fur. Uh, the characters just look like hairy, like like they're made out of like actual like like uh, like they look like a costume. Yeah, they look it like, looks a, like costume a man of wearing themselves. a sonic a sonic head. Is tails gonna be in this? That sounds horrifying. Are we gonna see knuckles like this? I f- fucking hope so. It's like they fucking skinned Sonic and then like put like presumably like a a, a kid sized person because he's not going to be tall as uh, no. he's not going to be tall as a man like a six foot tall humanoid. 
There's, there's. We no should way. also point out that that Jim Carrey is playing Doctor Eggman in this movie. Ben Schwartz, aka John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation, is playing Sonic. Those are basically the only two like lead characters we know the cast for, and like already this is shaping up to be just an absolutely hellish experience. You, and I am counting the days. Do you think Benny Schwartz got to do any uh, improv in the booth? Because I feel like off the cuff Ben Schwartz would make an even Could better make some Sonic really fucked up Sonic line. That's a fucked up Sonic right there. That's a Sonic I'm I am on board with because so far. I don't know if I'm on board with this, uh, this legs agape, uh, Adidas wearing Sonic here. Also, are we going to see his feet? Cause he def these are shoes now. Like we know for sure they're shoes. We never knew. I, I like that. This is like a relevant question for you. Like, well, you know what we really need to figure out is like whether or not we're going to see Sonic's feet in this thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how, how are you the one who talked to real furries and I'm the one who's thinking <laughs> about Sonic's feet? <laughs> Because I feel like Sonic's feet... Uh, it was just the one furry. She doesn't speak for everyone. That's true. No, you know, not... She, she's just my closest personal friend that's also a furry. If there's one thing I can say about furries that I want people to understand, not every furry is a foot furry. Yeah. So what have we watched <laughs> this week, Mark? Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Good lord almighty. So... So there... So, okay. So... Last week, uh, we we mentioned that, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat, the the first one, is it, sort of a, it, you know, it's a, it's a fun romp. Uh, it's a ridiculous, stupid action movie. Probably the best movie we watched on the podcast so far. Just best is a strong word. Probably the most entertaining, uh, fun movie. Uh, easily least excruciating easily the movie most, that we watch the most watchable movie watchable i feel like every one of these movies needs to be graded on its watchability above anything sure. else because that not encompasses quality. no never never quality because yeah. that encompasses we, we... like the factors that encompasses any any factor upon which it could be bad or good like the room is an extremely watchable movie like to pull the, the easiest example out of sure. my ass it's very watchable because it's bad and it's like Except horrifying. Except for the forty-five minute long sex scene in that movie, but the rest of it, yeah, <laughs> it's a ton of fun. I would say, yeah, we kind of, we often, uh, I don't know if we really talk about this on mic that much, but we talk about, uh, you know, kind of like ranking the films a little bit. And one of the the complications there is that there's like a there's like a competence category and there's like an an objectionableness category. A a you know, a disgusting misogyny levels category because like Hitman, uh, probably the most competently made movie we've mm -hmm. watched. Also probably the most disgusting movie we watched. We can, so it's we can easily agree that the top three most watchable. No, I'm sorry. The top three highest quality in terms of technical ability, uh, movies that have come from this podcast are also the three that I'm least likely to ever watch again, which are Warcraft, Hitman, and Pixels. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and so something I mentioned at the end of the last episode is that a lot of people, uh, like the, the general kind of consensus around these two Mortal Kombat movies, of which there are, are only two, mm -hmm. um, is that the first one is the good one, uh, and and the second one is a just completely like excruciating pile of trash, um, mm -hmm. and it seems like Mark is kind of with it on that take 
Um, so, so can I, can I, l let me hear your broad, broad take on Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that take. Um, I, once I learned that that was the, the take, I, I kind of looked at the internet and, and found like lots of comments that, that said exactly that. The first one was a very watchable, fun movie. And the second one, in my opinion, was just a a glorious fucking train wreck. And I guess I don't want to say that it was not watchable. It would probably be a mid-tier watchability uh, because it was that bad. And just, <laughs> there are so many... I feel like this movie gets nothing right like there's <laughs> there's nothing that i can put in like the the good column it's really like insofar is that insofar that the first movie like had a coherent plot and also it was uh, accurate to the video game and also i kind of understood each character's arc and that's a fucking stretch but sure i i said kind of yeah i'm okay i'm i'm I understand that it's a stretch. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm doing um, a long ass stretch. So I'm I'm here for. Uh, I don't think this movie is significantly worse than the first one. Oh. Mm. I like. I think they're both just kind of like schlocky garbage, like, and they're like entertaining just because you're watching them. Like, man, this is so fucking stupid, and that's <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, it, besides the fact that, like, the plot makes even less sense in this movie, um, it, and it's, like, slightly less competently made, like, I don't, I don't feel like there's, like, a massive drop-off in quality here. Like, you, you read a lot of, like, the, the, like, general take on this, like, the fucking Amazon reviews and shit, which sometimes I idly scroll through while I'm waiting for the movie to buffer. Oh, always. Uh, yeah, I, and like there's kind of this consensus of like, you know, that first one, you know, they, you know, they they really put put on a show there. That one was all right, but this second one just totally drops the ball. Um and I think they're both like pretty like they're I think they're in a very similar tier. I did not really feel like like this one is worse in that it is like less coherent um and like the pacing is not as good, but like they're they're in the same ballpark. Like, I didn't really feel like it was, like, this crime against God. I don't know. Well, you're you're right that... Uh, you're right that we can't really trust internet uh, <laughs> video game fans uh, to have a an even-keeled opinion about literally anything. And, sure. and it makes it makes sense that they would graft onto this movie as something to hate because you need to either hate or love things you can't have middling opinions That's yeah just you're not, not allowed to have a nuanced opinion about things you no really certainly need to not just... nuanced like you you, <laughs> no. you can't be lukewarm about anything like this is something that always bothers me about video game uh people that they think that like a six is like a damningly bad <laughs> score on something like, on a 10 point scale no, it was okay a six means more positive than negative like by definition a five means completely neutral and and a six i digress you see yeah. what i'm trying to say however yeah. i i can't i can't fall i can't I, you know, you know what? Maybe I can follow you. That the main uh, difference in quality is the pacing and the fact that no one knows 
what the fuck is going on and no one knows how the fuck anyone got anywhere. Yeah, the the plot is harder to follow because it's even more nonsense uh, and nothing... This movie doesn't really have, like, a structure at all. Real, real um, quick, I'll, based... I'll agree with you that the first Mortal Kombat is also a shitty movie. Like, <laughs> I think that it's really funny that the internet commenters... Uh, uh, I don't. I just don't up. think there's a massive contrast between the two. Is all I'm saying. I mean, in terms of in terms of visual quality and style, they're near identical. It, it's it, it looks like like two Lord of the Rings movies that were filmed right after each other. That reminds me of that. Um. So so we've mentioned the pacing a few times, and like the and and the plot, and the main thing with the pacing is just like, so so we talked about in in the previous episode about how like Mortal Kombat the first one it's basically like 40 minutes of setup with like occasional fights in between and then the last hour is just fights uh this movie is just all fights it's just all fights Mm -hmm. it's just from start to finish it's just fights uh sometimes there's maybe five minutes of dialogue in between the fights but it it opens on a character in a location those characters have two to three minutes of dialogue maybe some ninjas show up and then there is a fight that's the whole movie the entire way through uh, which means that it, it's, it's you know, it, it never stops, <laughs> this movie. It's just, like, it's just constantly picking up more and more speed as it just continues to throw more and more fights at you. There's there's very little uh, peaks and valleys. Did, did you notice <laughs> that each fight begins with basically a jump scare? And when I say each <laughs> fight, I mean, besides the climactic one, I mean every single fucking fight in this movie is a jump yeah. scare in that two or one characters are walking in an environment and yeah, literally really someone screams and scene. goes, ah, and like, like ju- hops at them with knives or katanas or something. Yeah. And, and like, then they're the, fighting. The reason, the reason that we're not explaining the plot is because I couldn't, I could not because it like, there's a bad guy and the bad guy has to be stopped or something bad will happen. Here's one and thing I will... That's the plot. <laughs> one thing I will grant this movie, I think the bad guy in this movie is more entertaining and compelling than the bad guy in the first movie. He does wear a cool skull mask, the bad, and that does the, make him pretty cool. The skull mask looks like KB Toys quality. I specifically didn't say Toys R Us, because it's not yeah. even good enough to look like Toys R Us quality. Uh, yeah. I, but that... The, I feel like we, Shao Kahn was a fun villain, and the first villain from the first movie was just the announcer from Mortal Kombat. He had some good shouting. I liked when the veins were bulging in his neck when he was yelling about Mortal Kombat shit. That was entertaining. That was good shit, yep. Yeah, um, so we can kind of briefly... Uh, I want to hit the visual aesthetic a little bit. Um, we talked at length uh, about you know the look of the movie in the last episode and this one looks pretty similar so i don't want to dwell on this too much but like real quick couple things um this this one looks a little bit worse (laughs) uh in a few ways one of them is just like it looks like every time there's special effects on screen it looks like somebody is just like cycling through photoshop filters (laughs) like they're kind of just like throwing as many like dumb visual effects onto the screen as they can at all times you know Mm -hmm. you still got your like you know n64 level cg graphics you still got all of that um but there's also like a sort of like lack of like filmmaking competence in a few spots in this movie like there's parts where like a character looks like a little bit out of focus or like they like 
cross the 180 degree line and like you get confused about where the characters are supposed to be like located within the scene i noticed the, like the focus the focus thing was very pronounced in a couple different scenes like ju- yeah it's like competency at the level of like camera work and like gaffing yeah. stuff like it's, that it's it's pretty it's it's not a well-made film like we've we've watched some films that are bad but competently made this is like feels very thrown together it's a budget um, sequel like there's yeah was this even in the theaters i i it was yes um that's really surprising to this me was released that... two years after the original film this was released in 1997 and speaking of budget cuts uh they replaced everyone they replaced yeah. almost the entire cast the only two characters that like lead characters from the first movie that return as the same actor uh, is Liu Kang and Princess Katana. Everybody else is a new uh, actor, including Johnny Cage, who they kill in the first five minutes of this movie. Yeah, he he was great in that movie, and it's so funny that they replaced <laughs> him because I don't know why that guy couldn't just like like suck it up and just yeah, get his get his like, neck broken. Dude, you get you could come in like clock in a three hour they'll still probably let you hit the fucking craft services table like my dude let them fucking snap your neck for a couple thousand like yeah he, the, the guy who played johnny cage in the movie had to get had to have been paid what like 40 g's for that you know <laughs> i i do it i the thing is i didn't know until i looked it up afterwards that it was a different actor playing johnny cage because they just got an equally generic looking white man to play him <laughs> Oh yeah, I I had no idea until you like said that right now, honestly. Yeah. So so the <laughs> the like first 5 minutes of the movie is just an absolute barrage of mo- like like it's the most things occurring. It's the most shitload of fuck uh 5 <laughs> minutes that I've ever seen in a movie. So They kill Johnny Cage. Well well, so let's let's start at the 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 very end uh right before the credits of the first movie. Because uh, that's where this movie starts, like, directly. Sure. It's like in The Incredibles, the first one where it goes, I'm the Underminer. And then, yeah. like, they did the same thing where they just started. Or, like, started... Back to the Future 2. Yes. That, it's that kind of thing. It just They jump right back into it. And then, like, five plot things happen in the first five minutes of the movie. I could tell you <laughs> maybe two of them. Uh, one, uh, Shao Kahn is a baddie. Okay, wait, no, I got three. Two, Johnny Cage, he gets fucking murked, and then no one ever really dwells on it, and they just move on, which, personally, if I knew Johnny Cage and that happened to him, I'd probably feel pretty similarly. Uh, and number three, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Princess Katana's mom is a baddie, uh, and, that, and then there's a lot of fights, and then the rest of the movie just continues in a sort of, like, downward spiral from there. <laughs> Yeah, so so the Shinra Energy Corporation, right? <laughs> They're harnessing the power from the this other dimension. Yeah. Um okay. So uh yeah, uh I want to talk about uh I have like a personal memory with this this introduction of Katana's mother as the bad guy and also the MacGuffin of this movie, but then it turns out that's like a trick. Uh sure. anyway, I have a moment. I had a moment with her intro. Uh, there's a YouTube video that's uploaded probably 2006 of a very low, low quality, uh, clip of her intro to the movie where Katana says, mother, you're alive. And then she says, too bad. You will die. 
and it's just very it's very very awkward and unbelievable that that's the the take that they that's chose like to the use. whole movie though the whole movie is like is like the uh, most generic right. fantasy movie lines delivered in the most pro wrestler way possible and i love that personally like i don't know <laughs> i i found that very entertaining so when i say that this movie was still watchable it, it is stuff like that like every single line that shao khan delivers is just like he, he'll say shit like this will be the most powerful creature in all of our world and like yeah. that's the take that they took like exactly like that there's a lot of there's a lot and speaking of like filmmaking competency there's definitely a lot of like really they went with that take like somebody like will like stumble over a line and they just like they just keep yeah, going. I'll, I'll, yeah. Uh, so Sonia, uh, the she has like multiple lines where she would just she like the words will like stumble out and she'll kind of mumble apart, but they just there's this fucking way with it. Um, this, it's very budget. This whole movie's yeah. budget. Uh, so briefly, I want to touch on um, like the the other two main characters that were replaced and how we feel about their replacements. Ooh, uh, okay. I'm really curious. Okay, Sonia, this one's easy. She has a different haircut. Otherwise, she is the same. <laughs> yep. She. It's actually, I would say she's a little better in that she, like, sort of looked like she had an emotion a couple times. And the actress that played Sonia in the first movie could not emote to save her life. Um, but the new Raiden. I'm going to I'm gonna come out right here and say it. The new Raiden is better than the old Raiden. No, there's no comparison. The, because the old, we talked at length in the last episode about how the old Raiden is like doing this very obvious comedy Christian Bale Batman voice where yeah. he's like putting on this really absurd like gravelly voice. The new guy doesn't have time for that shit. Why the Not fuck interested. was he why the fuck was he talking like you you have to travel the outworld. And he like he suddenly and then so the new Raiden is he sounds like what I imagine a Thunder God would talk like. Yeah. He has a deep booming voice like this. Everything that he says is very declarative things he, very, pronou- yeah. <laughs> he pronounces things in a way that makes me want to trust him and yeah. it's like yeah okay that's fine yeah i i i really liked Ra- i found raiden to be very compelling in this movie <laughs> <laughs> like yeah I, I i just his brother is the bad guy did we mention that that you find that out at the end that that was the uh twist, I, the twist. I, I i love a twist you found that compelling <laughs> I I just he he this actor really was he you could he could tell he wanted to play a thunder god and he yeah. he he's he's thought from age sixteen when he when his voice changed he has thought that he his like, voice Holy shit. would be good to play a thunder god <laughs> and he used this as his moment. All right, there, there's one more character I want to touch on uh, before we get into the section, which I have labeled on the notes, the bad stuff. <laughs> this movie so does have bad stuff. It, it does have some bad ob- stuff. I would say it has content. I would say it has more bad stuff than the previous one. The previous one, a uh, few yeah. scenes, bad stuff. This one, a lot more bad stuff. Um, but I want to talk about Jax, um, who is Sonya's partner in whatever the fuck they do. Again, unclear if she's like a cop or like a bounty hunter, or I like almost part like of the that we military, or the, an FBI agent. Really unclear. He's a huge dude with big ol' fucking robot arms, and he's my favorite character in the movie. And here's why. 
He's the only character in the entire movie who talks like a person instead of talking like a character in a kung fu movie. You know? Like yeah. he's the He's the only one who's just like why are the, all of these dragons here? This is fucking stupid. There's a very particular scene where Sonya and Jax are like, again, the scene, this is what happens in this movie, is a scene just starts and characters are just in a location and they're mm-hmm. just walking. Every and time. you don't really know like where they're going or like how they got there or like what it is that they're trying to do. But that And so the scene opens up and they're walking through the desert. And Jax is basically like, hey, Sonya, like, you have me out here in the middle of the desert, like, following you around, and you refuse to explain to me what's going on. And everybody keeps talking about, you know, world mergers and dragons. And I feel like I, I this is all bullshit. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. And I was like, damn, Jax is the most relatable fucking character in this movie because I feel the exact same way. Do you remember? He, he's he, he's a real audience stand-in, and he does a much sure. better job of it than Johnny Cage does in the first yeah. movie, I, I do want to say. Uh, did you remember what happened right after he said that, where he was like, I, he's kind of demanding an explanation from her. And her answer is literally, in-universe, she says, there's really not time to explain. Use your imagination. Like... <laughs> The, the main character of this movie can't even explain what's going on to to the audience stand in which says a lot about what this movie has to say Jax's presence in the script is like a tacit admission by the screenwriter that the plot doesn't make sense that's what made him such a loathsome character to me because he was just a reminder that this movie was total bullshit and i feel like the screenwriters knew and they just put it in there as like an as like a wink nod to the yeah. people who are watching this expecting like a real plot i see i went in not expecting a real plot so the fact that the movie took the time to put somebody in the film to stand in for me going excuse me miss what the fuck is going on uh i really appreciated that you, you really you really needed that meta layer yeah uh, to this I, movie it improved it for me um so so the bad stuff um so so sh- do we start with Liu kang's dream sequence in the desert and transition into the character jade and how she's oh, terrible i mean well there's nothing like some some good old-fashioned uh, native american spirit animal mysticism in in my 90s act in my 90s action movie yeah, the, the character Nightwolf, who I am, shit. I am not uh, deep enough on Mortal Kombat to know if that's a Mortal Kombat character. I assume that it is. Um, yeah, he just straight up fucking face paint, turns into a wolf, noble savage ass fucking. He is he is that stereotype. They are not they are not even trying on that shit. He th- uh, throws a tomahawk at him to ini- a, like a drug fueled tomahawk to initiate a dream sequence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so Liu Kang has a dream, like has a vision quest in the desert, basically, where he does peyote with this dude, uh, and he has he, I don't he meets her in the dream or she's real, I'm not sure, but the character Jade from Mortal Kombat, she's like a lady ninja with some swords, um, and she's kind of like the focal point of all the really nasty misogyny in this movie. I feel like. Um, well, yeah, so she- her her very first her intro shot is just the the classic you know male gaze yeah. starting from the foot panning. She's up wearing to her. like a bra and like a thong, and that's kind of it. Um, yeah, it's like essentially a loincloth. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, and like, it, she's like really consistently objectified by everybody in this movie. Like, it's weird because like, we talked about in the in the first one how like, you know, Sonya is mostly just like dismissed and like belittled and like patronized by most of the male characters in the first movie. Like mm -hmm. Jade, everybody is constantly making comments about her body. Um, and, and constantly, like, talking about how attractive she is, and it's, like, a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, Jack says, you got a nice pair of legs at one point. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, he just says it. It's not great. <laughs> and, and and then uh, she's slapped in the face and then murdered. And Yeah, there's bra she has a brawless uh, mud wrestling competition with, with Sonya at one point. Oh, yeah, that is the two of them. You're right. Yeah, uh, so that happens. You know, this movie, hey, listen. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, not above that shit, all right? It's just not. <laughs> and, you know, Jack's acting like the good audience stand-in that he is. Uh, he has the courtesy to tell Sonya after she's done with her braless mud wrestle. says, hey, you do look good in mud. And yeah. me, me and the audience, I was thinking, I looked over at my bro, and he looked over at me, and we put down our popcorn for a second, and we said, you know what? She does look good in mud. <laughs> High five, bro. And I felt really good about uh, Jax in that moment because he really gets it. Yeah. He's um, just like so, us. Couple. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So a couple more, a uh, couple more bad thing points before we, before we wrap up with the one other scene that I want to talk about. Um, Liu Kang and Katana, uh, they're supposed to have a relationship. They kiss at the end of this movie. Not earned. Uh, I don't know if we even mentioned this because it, it seemed like it should have been so obvious that it didn't even need to be mentioned in the previous episode. But, like, Sonya and Johnny Cage are, like, together at the end of the first movie. Again, completely on her. Like, I do want to touch on this a little bit. Like, it really is astonishing. And this is not just a video game movie thing. This is, like, a shitty Hollywood thing. But I feel like is, like, extra pervasive in these movies we've been watching because uh, they're bad at developing characters, but, like, yeah. holy shit, man, it's fucking incredible how you can write a script where, like, a male character and a female character with absolutely nothing in common, who have, like, no personal interactions throughout the movie, who, like, barely interact with each other, period, throughout the movie, and because they're both, like, heterosexual young white people, or in this, ca in the, in this movie's case, heterosexual young Asian people, uh, we're just supposed to, like except that they're just together at the end. Like, they're, we're not ever really made to, like, question that in any way whatsoever. We're just supposed to be okay with the fact that, like, oh, yeah, of course, because they're both straight and have a pulse, of course they're going to fuck. Like, it's just, I don't know. It really disgusts me to see that so consistently because I think it just gives people such a terrible idea of how, like, relationships between fucking grown adults are supposed to develop and... I'm it's just... it's it no you're you're right uh, i mean obviously you you are right i don't want to say obviously because like it, it it is so pervasive that we like forget to talk about it sometimes uh because and it like it warrants a discussion it also is funny that these these relationships are always uh formed on a basis of like shared traumatic events that they went through together and uh as we know in real life these are the the strongest bedrocks for long-lasting and healthy uh relationships are hey i went through a horrible thing with you where the world almost ended and uh now we're gonna date uh i guess he we had a kid here's five years later we're happy <laughs> so there's there's one more scene that i want to talk about 
uh, before before we wrap up and realize that we didn't pick out a movie for next week. Um, so there's the animality fight. The, yeah, at, there, at the, there is an animality okay. fight. So, there so sure kind of is. Animalities, okay. In, so in Mortal Kombat, Liu Kang, his fatality, he turns into a dragon and eats someone's head. And then, like, later on, they introduce, like, animalities where, like, people would turn into animals and then fuck each other up. And in this movie, Nightwolf teaches Liu Kang how to turn into a dragon because Nightwolf can turn into a wolf. Uh, and then Shao Kahn and Liu Kang both turn into big N64-ass CG dragons and have a fight. And it is incredible sitting there and, like looking at this thing that just looks like fucking dog shit like you you know like it it's it's really easy to harp on like bad old cg but like good lord almighty this was like a thing that was produced professionally and you look at it and it just looks like fucking garbage Th- this this scene was truly truly remarkable it, it's in a league of its own when it comes to terrible effects i i really can't stress enough how shocking it is that more than more than 10 probably people had to look at this and say this looks like a professional product this is finished no way we could improve this it's amazing that's that's really all that's really all i have to say about that scene and and also the fact that that's supposed to be the the payoff for the entire uh you know uh mystical desert sequence and the animal fight lasts for uh, not even like a full minute before they both are converted back to human form and are yeah. tired from being animals, <laughs> and they kind of exhaustedly they punch at each other. Yeah, like each the other last little bit. fist fight is pretty disappointing. It's not really there's some there's some good stupid kung fu fights in this movie, and the last one between Liu Kang and Shao Kahn is is pretty whatevs. And it's funny how in these movies, in both of these movies, like, Liu Kang is just another one of the characters. Like, they never really explain why he's any more important besides the fact that, like, he has a destiny, I guess, and he has a dead brother. But, like, it's just understood by the other characters that Liu Kang has to do the final boss fight. Like, he's just he's just the guy for that. Yeah, at one point, uh, they were like, someone said Raiden you have to you have to do this and I was like I I thought to myself oh cool like Raiden's gonna get to have his like moment and then Raiden turns around and goes no you are the protagonist essentially (laughs) and it's like no you are the one who will do it because you are the main character and I was like oh okay all right all right (laughs) I guess so uh so next week we're (laughs) we forgot to pick do you want it Christmas special we're watching Home Alone Oh, Jesus. Is there a Christmas? I I was actually just talking to Brooke about this. She was like, you guys should do a Christmas special. And I'm like, is there a Christmas video game movie? I don't know. Um, Okay. Are we we pausing here to make this decision? And then we'll just continue as if. What are we watching next week, Mark? Well, after some Googling and (laughs) some soul searching in the desert uh, with our spirit guides, uh, which are Elijah Wood and... uh, and uh Antonio Banderas is in this movie we're watching Spy Kids 3D (laughs) thank you game over thank you for thank you for saying the full title because I really feel like this movie doesn't get the respect it deserves I'm not going to be watching it in 3D which I feel like is going to be a huge loss. I saw this movie this is the first movie that we've watched for this podcast that I saw in theaters when it came out I was like 12 and I thought it was fucking awesome 
I hated it at the time because I hated, <laughs> I hated the 3D. It was truly an awful movie to watch. Oh my god, do wait, do they have a home version of this that doesn't have the the 3D yeah, effects? Yeah, uh, so so I have seen this movie within the past four years because Why? me and at least like two of my other roommates were drunk and it was like 2 a.m and we were like what if we watched all of the spy kids movies and then we did that uh because that's the kind of thing that you do when you're a sophomore in college it just kind of like happens yeah um spy kids one's a good movie you know, it's, maybe, maybe they're it all is. something. <laughs> I, I haven't seen... You know what, Alex? You are so full of shit, talking mushrooms right now. Where can people find the podcast <laughs> on the internet, Mark? Uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, we post a few times a week about the, the horrors of our yeah. daily lives you of having see, to watch these movies. <laughs> you can see me react in real time uh, to either horrible trailers or posters being released or having to watch a really, really misogynistic movie. Uh, you should follow us on uh, iTunes and Spotify. I don't know where you guys listen to us, but iTunes and Spotify are definitely there, along with the, the steadfast, uh, the true fans who still listen to us on SoundCloud, uh, the cheapest place to host. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, fucking rate us, uh, as always. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, Alex, what do we say? For me, it was Tuesday. That's what we say. <laughs> Cartridge Cinema Club is created by Mark Champlin and Alex Wallace and is produced by Alex Wallace. The music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman.